What is up? Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. I am Jeremy Rushing here for episode 145, and alongside me, as always, uh, partner in crime, fellow contributor to SodaSoccer.com, Mr. Dominic Jose Bizonio. Dom, how are we doing? Doing well. Uh, had a, a very busy week with uh, the the day job and got some some fun features put together, soccer-related features. That was fun. Um, had a really crazy, you know, U- UPSL week as well. That was fun to, to track and write about. Um, so yeah, just, just looking forward to recapping some stuff here and talking about the international games as well. All not to be outdone by the massive piece of furniture that you put together today yes. at your house. Yes. Also made a couch with my bare hands. <laughs> so <coughs> another cool thing that happened this week. So. I don't know if it's the the dust in the air, but I can't laugh without coughing. Like I don't <laughs> laugh anymore. I just like cough in place of laughing. I'm not sure what's going on. But... It's that Canadian smoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously, I don't know something, but um, yeah, proud of you, Dom. You put together a couch and you're recording an episode of Ten Thousand Pitches. I mean, can, yeah. who could ask for a better day? It's a real one-two right there. <laughs> yeah, really is, really is. Uh, all right. Well, we are presented by SodaSoccer.com. It is your home for soccer coverage in the North. Check us out, SOTASoccer.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review the podcast if you could. Subscribe to the Loons Daily Newsletter. It is in the show notes. The link is below if you would like to do that. Daily Loons content in your email inbox. You can also follow us at SODASOC on all the socials. Also, if you would be so inclined to directly support our work, directly support what we're doing, our coverage, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash soda soccer you can contribute for as low as three dollars a month five those five and ten dollar per month tiers though get you the bonus content that uh, we put out uh at, at patreon.com slash soda soccer it's you know minnesota united training notes and quotes it's it's training audio it's kind of some match day threads and exclusive things there so make sure you're checking us out and enjoying that again patreon.com slash soda soccer still five patrons away from our june goal uh, nine more days in the month as we're recording seven more days in the month. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, so be a friend, tell a friend and help us out again, patreon.com slash soda soccer. All right, let's jump into this. No, uh, no Minnesota United results to speak of this week, uh, but still plenty of news, um, plenty of off the field news, some good, some bad, some international stuff. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, the biggest news of the week, at least on the training ground for Minnesota United, is that we actually got to speak to Emmanuel Reynoso as media members for the first time since he returned, uh, since he rejoined the club in early May. Obviously, he's made a couple appearances since. He's kind of accomplished all the goals that you would think he needed to accomplish in that time. He's had a, a players-only meeting with the team where he explained himself. He's kind of re-ingratiated himself with the fan base. Um, did the did the video statement, which I thought was a, a really good touch. Um, he's made a couple, you know, he stepped onto the field at Allianz Field to a massive roar of 19,000 plus fans. Um, so, you know, he's done everything he needed to do, but it's still, still some, it still felt a little bit incomplete without the opportunity for us to actually talk to him and ask him questions, maybe gather some additional context um, on his situation that maybe we wouldn't, he wouldn't have previously just just offered up without being asked the question, right? Which you totally understand from his perspective and from our perspective as well. Um, there were a couple things I want to note from this. 
Um, so kind of the first question was obviously, you know, what were kind of those reasons? Can you provide any context to the family issues that you you referenced as the uh, the main reason that you uh, were still in Argentina all this time? Um, and he said a lot of the issues actually surrounded his his four year old daughter. Now he didn't go into whether that was was health issues, whether that was potential immigration issues with her maybe joining him uh, and his family joining him coming to the states. Whether that I, I'm not sure exactly what those issues were, but they did surround his four year old daughter, which anybody who is a father and who has children knows that that is obviously always your number one priority. So um, cannot fault him there. So it was good to get some context from him there. And he also said that he was doing some training in Argentina before he uh, came to Minnesota. Um, he, he was doing some, some casual soccer stuff, but he said once he found out that he was going to be coming to Minnesota, that all the, all the family issues that were keeping him there were solved and he knew he'd be coming back. He really started to ramp up his fitness training and kind of training down there before he actually made the trip up to Minnesota, which I think if you look at the timeline and look how soon he was able to get himself back on the field, especially compared to the initial timelines that were given in terms of reintegrating with the group, but also getting himself back to proper fitness. um, You can, you know, it, it makes sense that he was able to sort of get the ball rolling while still in Argentina and kind of get a head start uh, when he was here, you know, by the time he was here in the States. So those were the two biggest things to me, the context surrounding the family issues and obviously um, him kind of getting a head start on his training before he actually got on the plane to Minnesota. Uh, Dominic, anything here stand out to you or any anything from this conversation or from the the quotes that have been released from the conversation that, that, that stood out to you at all or, or you want to address? Uh, I mean, I guess I would just say uh, on, on the first notes that, that he uh, mentioned that his, his daughter was, was a factor um, in the situation, uh, you know, I, I think that probably uh, would explain to some degree the, the uh, lack of detail that is being presented to us, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, and I think that would be understandable, you know, if, if the situation has to do with any sort of personal details about particularly a, a child who's a minor, um, yep. you know, that's understandable that, that parties involved would not want to overly share with the public. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that there's some element of that, that's good to know, I think um, just not, not more details, but just that that is one of the factors at play um, as far as the, you know, him prepping beforehand and all that, you know, I think that's something that, once he's been playing, we've all kind of thought like, oh, okay, well, he actually looks quite quite ready for this. Um, and I think that knowing that and having him sort of confirm that he was doing his best, particularly in the later stage of the situation, to prep for his return, I think that that helps uh, reinforce the idea that he did have the intention, desire to return. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, if, if a player is being dragged back to his club to play and you know, it's one thing if he's pretending in a video to to want to be back, but if he's actually been training and prepping for it physically, that implies that he genuinely wants to be doing this. Um, and so I think that does help a little bit reinforce that he, whatever was happening, that he had a genuine interest in returning uh, to playing and, and to the club. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that those details do um, maybe put a couple question marks to bed. Uh, I, I think the situation is kind of one that already most people have moved on from uh, just in the sense that, you know, he's back, he's doing his thing. Um, you know, there's a, there's a season to focus on, but 
uh, I do think there's probably a couple of question marks that are, are a little uh, more timid now with, with those details. Yeah. And I think one of the things that he kept going back to and kept reiterating it in this uh, dur- during this press conference or media availability, whatever you want to call it, is that this is the result he wanted. He wanted to be back in Minnesota. He wanted to end up back with this team. This is where he wants to be. He wants to be playing for Minnesota United. Um, and that was something he had mentioned numerous, he mentioned numerous times during the 15, 20 minutes that we were able to talk to him is that this is, he's happy here. He's happy to be here. He's happy to be back with the club. This is what he, this is the goal that he wanted. And this is, this is the, the, the end that he wanted to this whole saga was to be back in Minnesota with the team ready to go. So that's, it's good that, you know, he was able to achieve that goal and it's good that all the uh, issues and hurdles that he presumably, was you know facing uh during that time those were all able to get solved and he's he's able to um you know make his way back and obviously now he's you know we've seen the impact that he can make during his cameos you know and adrian heath said it is you know he he didn't rule out the possibility of of reynoso being in the starting 11 on saturday uh against rsl which i think would be a huge uh uh, just continued progression in his fitness and in his readiness and in his potential impact for the club. If he's able to to start and play 60 plus minutes, um, obviously that's something that Minnesota, they, they need his playmaking on the field. You know, there, there are only three teams in MLS that have fewer goals at this point in the season than Minnesota United. So they need goals. They need people who can create goals. They need people who can create quality chances. Obviously, I mean, Areno so fits all of those, um, you know, descriptions. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he's able to get in the 11 on, on Saturday, but he did not, uh, did not rule out the, uh, the possibility. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously at the end of the day, the, the, there's always going to be day of sort of decisions that have to be made with the 11, but, uh, I, I think, you know, we have seen in his cameos and these last couple of games and then actually, you know, the last game was really about a full half a game, not so much a cameo. Um, we, we, we've seen Emmanuel Reynoso make a, a pretty big impact when he comes to the game. So uh, if he does start, I think that completely uh, makes sense. You know, this is a player that's showing that he can have an impact. If he doesn't and he continues for another game or two to play the role he's been playing, I think that's also understandable given he's working his way back into the team and all those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, I think either way, at the very least, you know, it's we, we would expect to, to see him playing in the game to some form and, and certainly having – the impacts that he's been having uh, in the previous couple matches. Absolutely. Um, so another piece of off the field news and kind of international news as well. And this, uh, unfortunately, not on the uh, not on the positive note here. Uh, Michael Boxall uh, reportedly on the receiving end of a racial slur during New Zealand's friendly with Qatar on a Monday. Uh, Boxall is uh, he is um, he's multi, he's a multiracial. Uh, man, he has uh, Samoan heritage as well. Um, there's conflicting statements from both federations after this. Um, you know, the New Zealand uh, Soccer Federation obviously stands with the players and their decision to not come out after halftime, after there was no punishment doled out or, or anything uh, addressed by the officials during the match um, in response to this reported racial abuse that happened. Um and on the Qatar side, they're actually saying the no, they started, they're giving the no, they started it um, angle here where they're saying uh, it was actually uh, New Zealand players 
who were giving the racial abuse and it was Qatar who was on the receiving end. So, um, you know, conflicting statements, obviously we're not going to go into this, you know, too, too deep here, but, um, you know, just, it's unfortunate that we keep seeing these, these incidents play out and obviously hits a little bit closer to home when it's a Minnesota United player who is reportedly on the receiving end of this. And when you, when you watch the only, the only thing I will say any further on this is that, when you watch the video, and I believe we've retweeted and quote tweeted the video yeah. individually and on the Soda Soccer account, there is a moment in that it was after a foul, and there is a moment where you see every New Zealand player just yeah. go red at the exact same time yeah. and you know reach a, a a next level of intensity and anger and, and upsetness. Um all at the same time. So obviously something was heard, something was said that they did not uh, like and, and, and saw as uh, something that was very serious. Uh, we don't know what was said. We you know, maybe probably won't or shouldn't know what, what, what sure. exactly was said in that situation, but just a, a really unfortunate circum, unfortunate circumstance again, in a year that's been sort of plagued by this uh, across soccer as a whole, both at the club and the international level, and, um, you know, even more unfortunate that, you know, for us locally, it's, it's one of our own uh, Minnesota United player who's, who's on the receiving end of it. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate situation. And I, I think just two sort of pieces of all that to, to reiterate or add my two cents to is, yeah, if, you know, first of all, I think some of the confusion, you know, to, this is actually an event that's gotten, um, you know, reactions from, from a lot of people outside of the, you know, Minnesota soccer space, of course, people uh, in the New Zealand soccer scene, people in the, Qatari and greater Middle East uh, soccer scene, you know, you've seen responses and, and interactions about this event from all these different people. Um, and I do think one detail that has perhaps been miscommunicated is I, I think there's some people who might not know who Michael Boxel is, who think this is a story about uh, a black player because the Qatari player is a Qatari national, but he is of African heritage, uh, you know, racially abusing a white player. Um, and Michael Boxel, of course, and as are many other of the New Zealand national team players, Michael Boxel has Samoan heritage. Obviously, many of the other players have Maori heritage, other uh, indigenous, indigenous Pacific Islander uh, cultures as well. So uh, I, I think that's the angle that presumably uh, this was aimed at. That would be my assumption. Um, and yeah, you know, like you said, you watch the video and... There's a, there's a there's a argument a very basic you know during game argument and then suddenly people seem much angrier <laughs> and uh, it certainly indicates that something happened now you know yeah who knows you know what the intention was who knows what the significant you know I mean who knows the details of it obviously the Qatari Football Federation are under the impression something else happened but um, clearly whatever did happen was enough to deeply anger the New Zealand squad. Um, and that, that has to mean something. So, yeah, uh, very, very unfortunate, very unfortunate to see happen, you know, in a game that was just supposed to be a routine, routine friendly for these two teams to practice. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously thoughts of support with, with Michael Boxel and, and those yes, players absolutely. For, for this situation, having to deal with it. Um, and hopefully some, some reasonable conclusion can be reached by the two federations as they, they sort of figure their way out of this one. But, uh, yeah, very, very unfortunate. Um, whatever the details, very unfortunate for anything like this to, to happen at a game. Also should be noted, Qatar is competing in the Gold Cup 
and our first match yeah. is on on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is there is that as well. But yeah, uh, to echo your point, Dom, obviously our our all all of our well wishes and um, our, our thoughts and our hearts are with are with Boxy uh, during this time. Can't be easy for him. And um, one of the things that that did make me smirk a little bit and watching the video is the the new zealand uh announcer who yeah. said uh, uh that's uh, he got you know said something to michael boxall and i would not recommend doing that and that's 100 <laughs> percent true um uh, i remember being uh i think i was you know fifth or sixth row in the in the u.s open cup match against philly i wasn't covering i was i was i had the night off but i brought my daughter to the game and when kai wagner kicks the ball into boxall's face uh while he was laying down I thought for sure that Michael Boxall was going to kill Kai Wagner <laughs> on the on the field. That is a man. He is a gentle giant. You do not want to mess with him. Um, he's very intense on the pitch, but then you see him in the Allianz Field elevators with his daughters, and he cannot be a, a nicer, more gentle human being. So, um, but yeah, he's uh, Adrian Heath said he's like you know called him a consummate professional, and in any interaction I've had with him, you know, have found that to be one hundred percent the case. And uh, you know, obviously, just, just sending all of our best to him as he uh, makes his way back to Minnesota, actually should be back in Minnesota already. And he said this week that he'll be available Saturday against RSL. Um, internationals who will not be available Saturday against RSL, though, Dane St. Clair and Joseph Rosales. They will miss at least the game Saturday and July 1st versus Portland as they are set to compete in the uh, Gold Cup group stage. Um, if Canada and or Honduras advance, then they will be out for, for more games moving forward into July. Uh, the Loons play the 1st, the 8th, the 12th, and the 16th, and then they are off for the League's Cup. So that's that's something to note that depending on how things go for Honduras and Canada, they could be without one or both of those key figures moving forward. Dom, I want to get your thought on this because this has been a conversation that I've been, been thinking of. And actually, Jacob Schneider asked Adrian Heath about this during media availability on Tuesday. Dane St. Clair mm -hmm. has been the backup goalkeeper for Canada, you know, in the, basically his, his entire time with, with yeah. the, the Federation. Um, for some reason, uh, Boyan is still the starting goalkeeper even though he probably won't be he definitely won't be in 2026 um canada doesn't play until monday yet they are keeping st Clair through you know keeping him away from the club for saturday's game against rsl when presumably st Clair is not even going to start and pretend and po probably not even play on monday for canada yeah what what is your what is your thought on this? Because there are some players, especially with the midweek games this week, that are participating in Gold Cup and international competitions, and they were actually back playing with their clubs um, this, this week uh, before making their way back with their international teams for the Gold Cup. It's just it just seems a little I I I, I do understand it, but at the same time, from a selfish Minnesota United perspective, it's kind of like. Come on, you can't can't give him can't give us this one. Like you can't get, bring him yeah. back to just this one game, and then he can rejoin the team before Monday. I think. Hmm. I, so here's the thing for me, uh, starting on just that note of um, the you know some some national team players coming back midweek to play with their teams before they go back for the Gold Cup. Uh, that practice in total is a little odd and bizarre. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a normal thing for a national team to do, to let a guy go back for a couple of days and then come back for, for prepping for a game. So in that sense, I mean, the fact that it's happening at all, I think is odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, whether St. Clair is included on the list or not, I guess the whole thing's odd. So um, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I obviously the, the elephant in the room on this is, is right. The fact that, as you pointed out, he's almost certainly not going to play. Uh, I, I guess mm-hmm. the problem I would say for Canada, Canadian national team, rather trying to, uh, you know, give Minnesota United some sort of benefit because of that is they can't go moving piece, different players around in unique ways in the camp like that. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they if they're going to have people there, they have to have everybody there. Yep. Um, even if he's the backup goalkeeper, if the night before Gorion gets the flu and they let him and they let St. Clair go to Minnesota and he gets hurt in a game, you know, like they can't, they can't be playing pieces all over the place like that. You know, yeah. that's not particularly responsible from their point of view, from their priority, which is them, which is the national team. That is not, that would not be smart in my opinion. Now, obviously, as has been the case for many international breaks now, as you said, St. Sinclair leaves, can't play for Minnesota United, and he doesn't play for Canada. And that's very frustrating from a Minnesota United perspective because it's, to some extent you go, well, I mean, what's the point of him leaving mm-hmm. if he's not going to play and now, and now he's not playing for anybody? I mean, I guess that's sort of the random, unlucky roll the dice you get when your starting goalkeeper is the backup goalkeeper for a country. I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything Canada can do about that. Um, I'm sure the backup goalkeepers for every other national team, some of which are starters for their clubs, um, probably cause similar problems for those clubs because of that dynamic and because of the nature of the position, of course, with one player being able to play it. Um, So I don't know. It's one of those. To be clear, I find this as frustrating as everybody else. I think it's super frustrating that this is a situation Minnesota United find themselves in every international break. But at the same time, I don't think there's a way to solve it. Other than Dane St. Clair just becoming the starting goalkeeper eventually. Which, I, I mean, self, so. it's kind of also selfishly, but also, like, just from a, a general perspective, like, okay. if you're trying to put yourself in the best position to compete for Copa America in 2024, for the World Cup in 2026, don't you want the keeper that's presumably going to be between the posts for those tournaments getting yeah. reps now? Like, don't you want to put yeah. him in? No, I mean, like, that makes sense now? to me. Yeah. That makes sense to me, but, you know, I don't know why they haven't. I mean, to be honest, I mean, with all due respect to Borjan, who, of course, is a very experienced, you know, very decorated player, uh, playing him in front of any of their other options is a bit strange to do right now because, I mean, even if it's not St. Clair, you you have other options that are younger who presumably Mm -hmm. would be more available in 2026. Um, So that, as a total strategy, is confusing to me. Uh, But... I don't know. That is that is the decision they've made. I, I suppose, you know, he was so crucial in that World Cup qualifying campaign. And I guess they just think that he's worth keeping in there. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't quite understand it either. Um, I think a, putting a development piece in, whether it's Sinclair or somebody else, uh, would make more sense. Uh, uh, clearly, that's not how they feel. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe the Gold Cup arrives and Sinclair is playing. I don't know. Uh, obviously he didn't play in the nation's league games, but those, those games were also in the run up to a trophy. And so maybe that just adjusts Mm -hmm. that decision-making. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's a frustrating one for Minnesota United fans. And I completely empathize with that at the same time. I think at the end of the day, Canada is going to do what makes sense for them. 
uh, as a national team. I don't necessarily blame them for that. Unfortunately, it just happens to really, really be inconvenient for the club. Um, and, I, and I'm just not sure there's a solution to that right now. Yeah, and just one final, I'm not saying that Dave St. Clair should be started for candidate in the Gold Cup final this year. Like, I'm not necessarily sure. saying that, but like, you know, in the World Cup this last year, the Canada's third group stage game meant nothing. Like, they were not getting through. Right. Why not? start Dane St. Clair, give him a World Cup matchup experience if he's going to be your starter potentially in the next World Cup. Friendlies, he's not played in at times. Um, They were in the Nations League third. No, no, they were were in the final. But, I mean, you know, the Nations League, I mean, it means something, but it also kind of doesn't. Like, wouldn't you maybe want to try to give him a run out there? Um, gold cup group stage, maybe try him out and, and you know, try him in one game. You know, that's kind of all I'm saying here. I'm not saying you sure. should be playing in the most high leverage match possible for Canada at this point. Cause I mean, obviously Borjan has kind of earned that spot in terms of his, just his tenure and what he has done during this great run that Canada has been on and this rise that they have been on. But I think you also need to start looking for the future. Uh, if you're Canada and obviously St. Clair is a big part of that, but anyways, we will digress and, and move on from that. Um, still not sure if Bongo Huklikwangwane is going to be in this uh, Kosafa Cup for South Africa. Um, talked to a couple people at Minnesota United. They said probably, but still we're not able to give a, a 100% of surety on, on whether or not he's going to be in this. And that, that kicks off July 5th for um, South Africa. So depending on how early, if he is competing for South Africa in that tournament, depending on how early he would need to get there, um, maybe he would miss July 1st for the Timbers. He's going to be back for this weekend for sure, no matter what, uh, for the RSL match. Um, but he could he could miss uh, the Portland match, you know, through the rest of July, depending on um, this, this Kosafa Cup situation. So more to come there. And then, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately for Minnesota United, this is like the biggest, uh, I was I was very torn on this, watching Zarek Valentin in Puerto Rico the other night uh, in, the, uh, in the Gold Cup um, play-in, basically, if you want to call it that. As uh, Puerto Rico were one win away from qualifying for the group stage of the Gold Cup, uh, but they fell 2-0 to Martinique on Tuesday evening. And I was kind of caught between two feelings of like, this would be really cool for Zarek and this would be, you know, obviously I want him to be happy because he's a really good guy and everybody loves him. But also Minnesota as it stands is pretty thin at fullback right now until Bakai Debasi is fully reintegrated. So maybe it would be best yeah. for the club if Valentin was available for the RSL match. Uh, but uh, either way, it sounds like he's going to be back and ready as Puerto Rico. Uh, loss, but still you know, just a, a, an interesting dichotomy of, of feelings heading into that one for Loons fans, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely a player that that you, you'll, as a for, from a Minnesota United perspective, that you'll be happy to have in your ranks roster available uh, for the for these games. He's a guy that you know can really put a shift in. You know, he obviously isn't starting every game currently, but uh, very skilled, very experienced. So that that's that's a big addition for for Minnesota uh, from the. Puerto Rican side of things, yeah, unfortunate that they don't make the Gold Cup just in the sense that, you know, was the potential for a historic run. It would have been their first Gold Cup ever, uh, Gold Cup proper, obviously uh, taking part in qualifiers before. But mm-hmm. uh, so that that's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, that that's the way it is. And, and congratulations to Martinique. Also, um, uh, shout out to uh, St. Kitts and uh, Nevis, who did make the Gold Cup. And I believe it's yeah. the first ever Gold Cup. First time. Um, so so there, were, there are going to be some... Debutants in this this World Cup, but not Puerto Rico. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, with Juan Juane, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, for what it's worth, you know, definitely a shout out to South Africa, who I believe locked in a spot in AFCON uh, during this last yep. break. Um, so and I believe he played as a substitute in that game. So a uh, big, big win for them. You know, that's a, that's a national team that's had a lot of highs and lows over the last, you know, 10 so years, obviously going back to the World Cup they hosted. Um, so glad, glad to see that they're having some good times there and, and that, Juan Juan gets to be a part of that, but uh, but obviously it would be also great if he's available as much as possible for Minnesota United. Definitely, and uh, they're you know against RSL this weekend at RSL, you're you're going to need all hands on deck. You're going to need need to be um, you know at your best uh, because I mean RSL is an interesting case because I was like doing some research on them today and I did not realize so they have given up. The most goals in the Western Conference, not goals per match, because they played one more than Austin FC has. Austin FC has given up 27 goals. RSL has given up 28 goals. But as total goals, they've given up the most goals in the Western Conference, 28 through through 18 matches. Uh, but they're seventh in the table right now. They're still firmly in playoff positioning. Um, and that is a lot due to their attack. They have three different players who have scored four goals this season. Demir Krylak, Jefferson Savarino, Pablo Ruiz, each with four goals. Um, Savarino has been uh, a real star for them, um, as has Ruiz and Krylak. I mean, for being honest, all three of them have had really good break, you know, really big breakout seasons for them um, in helping them get to this point, helping them sort of counteract the fact that they are very leaky from a defensive perspective. But they have a lot of firepower in attack. And when you're talking about a Minnesota United defense that's here without Kamar Lawrence, um, you know, Michael Boxall is going to be back, but, you know, he's coming off international duty. Um, you know, you're going to be without a, a good depth defensive midfield option in Joseph Rosales. Um, you know, Kervin Ariaga is returning from, from uh, an injury. Um, he, he should be available for Saturday, but who knows what his availability is going to be. Um, and how much he's going to be able to play, if at all. Um, you're going to need to be really defensively sound against this RSL attack. Um, and you're going to need to take your chances from an attacking standpoint for Minnesota. I mean, that pretty much sounds like every single game that we have previewed from Minnesota United so far. Um, but, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think of this RSL team and how Minnesota United match up, matches up? Yeah, it's interesting. They're a team that I think definitely surprised people just sort of every week. Uh, you know, like, for example, last week uh, they went to D.C. United. And I think on the last episode I mentioned that, you know, it seemed like D.C. United would be a good um, pick for that one. Of course, I didn't know that 25 minutes in they were going to get a red card. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, this is an RSL team that's going places and storing goals from their own half. I mean, like, they're just kind of doing crazy things right now. And they're, they're getting the most out of – they're getting special moments out of every player, really. I you know tonight I think they just beat St. Louis – um on the road 3-1 so they're they're getting bid results kind of every, everywhere they need one um and yeah they got a lot of players that are really stepping up you know um you mentioned jefferson Saverino is a player that's actually doing so well right now for rsl that uh there are clubs in brazil that want to bring him back <laughs> yep uh so he's he's been on the sort of a, a thin thread of potentially leaving this summer so um yeah you know it's it's an interesting team to sort of predict how a game will go against them because you know that they can give up goals. You know that that's possible, but you also know that anybody that is playing them is also in threat of doing the same. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Minnesota's recent form has been very patchy, and, and that does lead you to think this might not be a great time for Minnesota United to be playing RSL. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it does feel a little bit like the writing starts to get etched on the wall that this could potentially be a, a rough night for Minnesota, um, considering the players they will be missing as well. Um, RSL you know, will be affected by that, but they won't necessarily be affected by it the same way. Um, some of their players that were gone for the international break will be back by, by this game and won't be playing in the gold cup, for example, they're not North Americans. So um, yeah, it, it does feel like this is going to be one where Minnesota is going to have to be pretty careful uh, if they want to get, get away with a point or, or anything more than that. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to have to be a pretty um, cohesive performance from this team. And if Amanda Reynoso starts, I mean, he's going to have to be the Amanda Reynoso that can that can be that chance creator, that can be that that huge impact player. Because um, just just like I know RSL is leaky at the back and they give up goals, but without Ray on the field, I just I just it's not it's not clear where those goals are coming from right now and how they're generated and how and how they're going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, but either way, Saturday's coming. It's, uh, I believe it is an 8.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff for mm-hmm. Minnesota and RSL because it's Mountain Time. So, um, and that will be on uh, MLS Season Pass. Uh, and we will have post loons following that one as well on Saturday. So make sure you stick around and, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and all that good stuff for that. All right, we have come to the time of the show, Dom, where we need to shout out one of our great sponsors, one of our great partners here. And this week... We're going to shout out our friends over at, not Better Edge. We're going to shout them out later. Pence Homes. Uh, wait your turn, Better Edge. You will be uh, <laughs> shouted out later on in the show. But Pence Homes is who we're shouting out this week. Nate Pence, big Minnesota United fan, big supporter of Minnesota soccer. Um, they they sponsor the Autograph Alley for Minnesota Aurora Games, which is pretty cool. Um, they've lent their sponsorship to Minneapolis City in the past as well. Um, and they're supporting us here at Soda Soccer. So not only are they supporting the soccer on the field, they're supporting the coverage of Minnesota soccer here at SodaSoccer.com. Uh, and and above all that, Pence Homes, very, very good at what they do, which is help people buy and sell homes and make them very, very happy as a result. Do me a favor. If you're listening to this, either do this right now or make a note to do this later after you, after you listen to the episode. Just Google Pence Homes, P-E-N-T-Z Homes, and look at the reviews. You will see what the experience is like there because people are very happy when they work with Pence Homes to either buy or sell or what have you. 4.8 star rating on Google has Pence Homes. So you know that you're getting a, a high quality experience if you are in the market to buy a home, sell your home, do both. That process can be stressful. Nate and his team do a great job of taking as much of that stress off your shoulders as humanly possible and helping guide you through that process. So that sounds good. Hit him up, pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com, or email Nate directly. If I have sold you here, email Nate, N-A-T-E, at pencehomes.com. Make sure you let him know that Jeremy and Dom from 10K and Soda Soccer sent you there. Lower league time, Dom. MNUFC 2 is where we start. 2-0 win over Vancouver Whitecaps 2. Big to get a clean sheet for the Dubloons here after, I believe, back-to-back matches where they gave up four goals apiece. 
um, to Portland and Toronto, I believe, were the two matches. I might be mistaken there, but either way, it was back-to-back uh, games where they gave up four goals. They get a 2-0 win here. Emmanuel Iwe and Cameron Lacey put the ball in the back of the net for MNUFC2. Alex Smear gets his first start for the for the twos after being on loan for the early part of the season. And he saves a PK, keeps a clean sheet, and uh, sends the fans at the National Sports Center home happy with a 2-0 win. Uh, big to try to get this train back rolling in the right direction for MNUFC2. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, big, big save, big game from Alex Smear. MLS All Star, All Star, Alex Smear. Yes, correct. Um, goalie, goalie Wars champion. Goalie Warrior champion. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's, of course, it's always great to see Emmanuel Iwe get in the goals. Great to see uh, Cameron Lacey continuing a really good start with the team. Yeah, like you said, the, those two losses, Portland, I believe the second one was Houston. Um, those Big losses, you know, unfortunately, those, those do happen, especially at this level. It's very unpredictable. It's good to see the team recover, get the clean sheet, get the win. Uh, I think it's a good good moment to recalibrate, refocus. Um, obviously, we'll have to see whether or not it translates to a longer-term run, but, but definitely good to see the team able to respond to tough defeats. Um, and, uh, and yeah, again, just good to see, you know, local players like Emmanuel Iwe, you know, Roy Driscoll's have been having a very good year as well, his debut year with the team. Uh, getting those minutes, getting those opportunities, getting that development, um, bringing that talent, or, or rather bring, keeping their talents in Minnesota and, and giving back to Minnesota on, on the field like that is, is great to see. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it, it's a, a nice change for the positive, I think, for Minnesota United, too. And the biggest story of all to come out of this is Cameron Dunbar bleached his hair. <laughs> um, and it was one thing to see it in the photos of them in the UC2 match, but then to see him on the training pitch on Tuesday in Blaine, I mean, it, it glistened in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, late morning sun there in Blaine. So we'll see if that starts the trend. Remember a couple of years ago, yes. there were like half, half the team bleached their hair. Um, we asked Ray about that in the, in the media availability. He said, maybe not yet, but maybe. Uh, he'll, he will do that as well. So we'll see if that becomes a trend and starts flowing through the locker room. Uh, no pun intended. But um, anyways, MNUFC2, um, hopefully getting things back on the right track for Cameron Knowles Club. Um, down to the uh, the lower, lower league, though, the amateur, the semi-professional scene here in Minnesota. Um, Aurora beat Bavarians 5-1. And then just going final as we are recording here, they down RKC third coast 8-1. Uh, on set on uh, on Wednesday here as we're recording. So back to back wins, a big week. Um, you know, not no, you know, not keeping the the clean sheets every single game like they were. I believe it was you know sure. nineteen nil is what they started the season at, but still, mm-hmm. um, still pretty dominant in the in the Heartland Division. Our, our Aurora right now, um, and they are I believe uh, at the time of recording here ten points ahead of second place uh, with four games remaining. Um, big win though for Rochester down South yeah. a little bit here. Um, they get their first win of the season. First win in of their USLW league history, uh, one nil on the road to Chicago city, who, as we just mentioned, are second place in the division. So to go on the road and get a one, nil win over the team that's in second place in the division. Um, you know, that's, that's a big, a big moment, a big milestone for um rochester and we'll have to see if that carries them the rest of the way moving forward but obviously the other storyline is is minnesota aurora just continues to be extremely extremely dominant at the top 
Yeah, I think uh, you know, just starting on the on the Rochester front, I think pretty early in the season it became clear that that this team wasn't necessarily going to take the lead by storm, and and that it was going to be an up and down season. But I think getting that first win wherever it comes in the season is always a, a big goal when you're joining a new league, especially when you're trying to make the jump up to a, a higher level like USL W League. So uh, I, I think for them that's that's a really great uh, moment at least to add to the journey a good sign that they're moving towards something. Uh, and and funny enough, it's a result that sort of helps Minnesota Aurora. Not that Aurora needed the help that much, but it, it, it helps uh, speed up the process a little bit for Minnesota Aurora, who, like you said, have, have just continued to to dominate every game, scoring lots of goals, conceding a couple, but, but scoring enough that those conceded goals don't necessarily leave too much of a mark. Um, and, you know, I, I, as a recording, I think mathematically still they haven't technically clinched first, but uh, looking very, very likely to do so. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's been it's been a remarkable season for them. Um, and and I, I think it's fair to say that now people can probably start getting ready to be excited about what this team will probably do in the playoffs uh, if they if they clinch that spot, which I, I have a feeling they will. Um, so, yeah, re- really great season continues for Aurora. And, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Rochester for, for getting that sort of over that first big hump of, of their season. Should also know this is actually the second game where Aurora went down 1-0 in the first half. Uh, Bavarian scored, I believe, in the second minute of their game of their match on Saturday before Aurora rattled off five unanswered. Um, RKC Third Coast scored the opener in the 27th minute in this one on Wednesday. And, obviously, Aurora – Aurora roared back um, and scored those eight goals uh, to to make things eight one. But I mean, that's something you can't really simulate in practice or in training is facing adversity and how you come back from that. And a lot of the times, when you see a team in any sport where they're so dominant over the regular season and they get to the playoffs, or they get to a point where it's now it's time to make all of that success worth it. Some somehow they falter because they haven't necessarily faced that same adversity that they're going to face in the playoffs during the regular season. You know, not saying that they want to go down one nil in games, but I do think that it helps the players get in the mindset of okay, we're not just going to come in, go up four nil in the first thirty minutes, and this game's going to be over before we even break a sweat. To go down one nil twice in a row and come back the way they have and respond the way they have. I do think it's at some level a good practice of that mentality that you need to compete in the playoffs when inevitably you're going to be facing some adversity on the scoreline, probably. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with, of course, players on the younger side um, of the spectrum, I I think, you know, playing, watching what a player is like when they're playing down a goal, I think is make or break is a little harsh, but, but I think is very much tells you the kind of player that I think is very defining when you can mm. see what a player plays like when they're down a goal, especially when they're used to playing on a team that wins a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, to see, while it's not necessarily ideal for these other teams to be scoring the first goals in these games, to see Minnesota Aurora concede those goals and then pretty quickly transition to multi-goal wins uh, on the day uh, I, I think is a reflection that, you know, this is a group of players that do understand mentally how to play down a goal, mm-hmm. um, which to your point is going to be a, a major asset when they get to the playoffs and presumably are going to play teams that are going to be at a higher level than some of the teams in, in their division right now. So 
um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a it's it's a promising sort of detail to keep in mind as they uh, head into the postseason. All right, USL League Two getting down to the end of their regular season uh, playoff race starting to shake out there. Uh, St. Croix Legends beat Rochester and Minneapolis City in three days, so they are sort of in that playoff picture in the Deep North Division. Uh, Manitoba does sit top of the division after a shock win at RKC, and they have yet to lose a game. So the top two, I believe, are still Manitoba and RKC. Um, the only Minnesota team that's really in that playoff positioning right now is St. Croix because uh, Thunder Bay is the other team that's mm. in the playoff picture, I believe, in, in the deep yeah. north, if I'm if I'm correct. So, um, But, I mean, kudos to St. Croix. Just continuing that sort of in-state. Um, they've really had the upper hand when it comes to those in-state matchups this season. Uh, they seem to really be that that premier Minnesota team, at least in the division right now this season, and they're keeping that going. Um, it would be really cool to see at least one team from Minnesota make the playoffs in the deep north division, um, especially after you know St. Croix and Minneapolis City uh, did not make it in their debut seasons last year. Um, it'd be cool to see one team get in there and see what they can do against uh, some of those top dogs in a playoff setting. But, um, you know, it's a, a big week for the legends. Nonetheless, um, I can't be overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a set of statements, I think, to, uh, to, I believe they played Rochester at home and then played at city uh, to get two wins out of those games uh, and to sort of assert themselves a little bit in terms of at least the pitcher uh, in Minnesota. I think that's a big statement. It keeps them, within arm's reach of, of those top spots. I think they're a couple points behind Manitoba and Manitoba have a game in hand, but they're very much, you know, within reach of that first, second place spot. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great turnout for them. Um, at, at the very least, they are, you know, certainly growing and improving on their debut season um, a little more in the, in the race than they were last year for sure. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it's a, a really good show for them. They got a couple of games left to try and make things interesting. Uh, Manitoba themselves doing that a good job of that, keeping things interesting, kind of flipping the script with RKC, who in a matter of days lost to both Canadian teams at home, which is kind of a yeah. shocker. But um, you know, suddenly sort of tips that table upside down a little bit, opens the door for Manitoba Thunder Bay to enter the picture more. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, I think it's going to be an exciting finish uh, to that that USL League Two Deep North season. Uh, a couple teams really amping things up towards the end, and, and it's nice to see at least a certain amount of Minnesotan participants in that uh, participation rather in that. So yeah, I, I think people should definitely keep an eye on those games for the rest of the season. Uh, there's going to be some really interesting ones. And by the way, you know, Rochester, Minneapolis city with plenty of time to at the very least influence those races, whether or not they, you know, uh, compete for those playoff spots uh, at the very least, they're certainly going to have some interesting games uh, to affect that race. Uh, Rochester to some extent still in arm's reach of those spots, although a, a little more difficult reach than St. Croix. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting ends. You know, there's like four or five games I think left for most teams now. Um, going to be a really interesting conclusion. I think to this regular season. Absolutely. And, uh, speaking of interesting, the, the way the playoff spots are going to shake out in the NPSL North, uh, is getting interesting. Duluth FC, of course, uh, no surprise. The first team to clinch their way into the playoff bracket with a six, one win over twin stars, another dominant victory for Duluth. Um, their seventh win in seven NPS on North games. Um, Aris get their second win of the season, one nil over joy twin stars and joy after these losses currently fighting for that fourth playoff spot. And obviously um, 
Med City and Dakota are there in the in the two and three spots currently. Uh, Dakota in second, Med City in third in the table. Um, but I mean Duluth, it's only a matter of time before they clinch that number one seed after clinching the playoff spot. But two, three, and four still getting pretty interesting, especially that fight for fourth between Joy and Twin Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as of so, there were games tonight. Unfortunately, we're recording you know kind of at a time where the games are all ending. I know Duluth beat Sioux Falls 1-0 tonight. That does mean that the only team that can mathematically catch up to Duluth now is the Fusion, I believe. Okay. Um, Med City, though, very, uh, won tonight. They, they beat Aris tonight. Uh, and, and yeah, very much looking confident, at the very least, to grab one of those spots. But, yeah, that fourth-place battle was kind of interesting. You know, For a while, Twin Stars started well, and then all of a sudden, Joy, uh, who actually beat the Twin Stars a couple weeks back, they kind of leapt into that for a while. Um, but right now, that pack's pretty tight, I believe. Twin Stars are there are in fourth with 10 points, Joy 9, and actually Eris was six. Eris yeah. mathematically not out of that race, uh, believe mm-hmm. it or not, for, for that fourth spot. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, last couple of games, particularly in, in concerning that. Who's going to grab that last spot? Because, look, you know, uh, whoever gets that fourth spot is going to have the difficult task of probably having to play on the road to Duluth. Uh, but that mm-hmm. being said, the reason those playoffs are there is because who knows? Maybe yep. the team that gets that figures out a game plan. They study the film. They figure out a way to get the job done. Um, and, and you know, maybe, maybe we see something a little different. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who can grab that spot, who can get themselves at least one playoff game to work with, if not more. Um, but, yeah, obviously Duluth, you know, continuing to look really good, uh, look pretty set to get that that first place spot, maybe second, but probably first place. Um and uh, yeah, I, I think it sets up a very interesting playoff picture. Also, particularly, I think actually for second and third place, which might end up being uh, the Fusion and Med City, who uh, drew, I think they've only played each other once, I think, so far this season. They drew 1-1, just in the sense that, you know, that becomes a big ticket. Whoever wins yeah. that game gets in the final. And just like I said, again, it's like, hey, if you come with a good game plan, maybe you beat Duluth and suddenly you win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Med City lost to Duluth this season, but it was a 1-0 loss. You know, it was a tight game. So if it's them, for example, that make that game, maybe something interesting happens. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where obviously the regular season has gone quite Duluth's way. But I think uh, particularly because the playoffs uh, setup is different this year, it, it does introduce at least an interesting storyline for all these teams going into the, the end of the season, just in terms of who can get one or two chances to maybe flip the table a little bit, get that game, that final game, maybe against maybe Duluth um, and, and see if they can flip the script a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it's been really fun watching the action so far and, and checking, uh, especially that fourth place battle. And in the WPSL, Minnesota Thunder now sit alone at the top with 16 points, 5-1-0 record on the season. Salvo currently in the best position to catch up with 11 points and a game in hand. In the UPSL, Minneapolis City clinched the top spot in the league. They also get the uh, UPSL Midwest West one Minnesota Super Cup spot. So even though they're, you know, a, a regular season championship doesn't necessarily guarantee anything from a UPSL perspective because they still have to win the conference tournament to officially win the conference. Um, that Super Cup spot was decided by regular season standing. So still very meaningful for the futures to qualify for the 2024 Super Cup and, um, you know, clinch that top spot. And uh, I believe they will get the the, the hosting um, you know, duties there for the uh, for that conference tournament, which is big for them to play that at Ador Nelson. But um, you know, big for them. This this was pretty tight all season long. You had Superior City at the top at the beginning, 
Um, and it was kind of a four horse race the entire time with Superior, St. Croix, Valora, Minneapolis City. But it is the futures uh, that that clinched that top spot. Um, Superior City do upset Flora 2-1 to clinch their own playoff spot in their debut season. So congrats to them as well. Um, and then you have Flora and St. Croix that are just kind of sitting there still, you know, hoping and and that, that they can get in and, and get one of those top four spots and give themselves an opportunity to move forward. Yeah, it's a really interesting last sort of two weeks in the UPSL. Uh, you know, first of all, with the futures, obviously getting that, that number one seed, big deal. Uh, puts them in a really good position for the playoffs. Uh, and and I, I did want to, you know, in the notes, we we noted the MN Super Cup thing. Uh, I thought it was important to note. And I actually had like a Twitter conversation with Minnesota Super Cup just to clarify this, because I was actually slightly unaware of, of this detail, that the only UPSL confer- uh, automatic qualification spot for the Nets Super Cup is for the points winner of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So uh, whoever wins the playoff tournament that follows to win the the conference from a sort of broader UPSL perspective does not get in. It's it's the team that gets the regular season. I, my understanding is it's the same way for the other leagues as well, um, where it's about regular season points rather than than playoff finishes. So uh, so that's a, that's a really nice grab for them. It does mean, by the way, that there's a solid chance that it will be the futures specifically that compete in the Super Cup instead of uh, the senior Minneapolis City team next season, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting detail to see how that evolves. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, they, they've had a phenomenal season, of course, remaining undefeated in regular season play. I mean, they've, they've been dominating teams. They've been playing, I think it's fair to say the best uh, soccer in, in the Midwest West division week to week, um, showing a lot of grit in some games. You know, they, they beat Superior City a couple games back in a really sort of mature, gritty win, 2-1 win at home. Uh, and on that note, Superior City, you know, big big win for them at home to Valora. Uh, Valora actually led that game at around the hour mark. Mm-hmm. Superior City got a late comeback. Goals from their veterans, funny enough, uh, Mark Ferringer and Mally Lumsden, both former Duluth FC uh, forwards, getting goals in like I think the 75th and the 88th sort of minutes uh, to, to flip the script on that one, and uh, they get they get a playoff spot confirmed. So. Big congrats to them. Obviously, in their debut year, they started very well. Middle of the season, things got a little rough, some tough results, but uh, they they recovered in time uh, to to get uh, that playoff spot. And you know, this is a team, Superior City, that in preseason very much talked about wanting to compete for everything. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, in in the preseason, at the same time, you saw, for example, there was a UPSL. Uh, I believe it was like a coaches poll um, for where teams would finish, and m- most people kind of had them being mid table. Uh, they very much, you know, have at the very least proven that part wrong um, in, in the sense that they will be competing for the UPSL Midwest West title. Um, so, yeah, congrats to them. Uh, a lot of, lot of work they've put in. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, St. Croix have also clinched. It's going to be interesting to see them, all their goals in the playoffs. And, of course, uh, tonight, Valora and uh, the St. Paul Blackhawks were playing for that other spot, that fourth spot. So uh, going to be really interesting finals, some really good high-performing teams. Uh, and and it's going to be really fun, I think, to see to see all these teams match up. Uh, one note on uh, Valora: so they were supposed to play their uh, Super Cup match against Saint Croix um, this past week. I can't remember if it was going to be Monday, Tuesday, um, mm-hmm. but that got rescheduled to July seventeenth. And that match will actually decide who from that group advances as the second team in that group to the knockout stage. Valora can advance with a win or a draw. 
St. Croix need a win in order to advance. Um, so that's going to be interesting there too, to see how those teams prioritize that, especially if they are both in potential playoff scenarios in their own respective, um, you know, leagues as well. Um, UPSL division one, this is not something that we have talked, uh, uh about, uh, you know, aside from, you know, teams being announced, local teams being announced as, as competing in division one, but in terms of what's been happening over the season, uh, it's been pretty exciting. So our friends at Patoa, <clears throat> Excuse me, our friends at Batoa FC in Eau Claire, um, they're locked in a very tight battle at the top of the table with Minneapolis's 1826 Academy. Um, Batoa lead by one point, but 1826 do have a game in hand. The clubs are also set to face off June 25th and what could be sort of a winner take all there for that uh, that regular season championship. Um, anything else on, on UPSL Division One you want to mention now? Uh, yeah, just that, yeah, there's been a lot of interesting teams playing in, in Division One this year. Obviously, it's a new thing for Minnesota um, and, and Wisconsin with Bateau. Uh, so, yeah, it's been really fun. 1826 have been really impressive. I know a lot of people sort of in the space have been really impressed by them and, and their players. Um, they got a lot of really talented young guys on that team. Bateau have done a very good job of sort of uh, coming up, being patient through the season. And, and, and now in these last couple of games, they've kind of taken a, a jump and now they're in first. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of really fun stuff going on in Division One. That yeah, you know, we haven't talked a lot about, but there's been a lot of great stuff on Bateau, 1826, uh, Skills FC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Grand City have their second team in there. Lyon FC, you got a lot of fun teams playing down there. So uh, Rochester FC actually have a have a second team still playing there. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun. It's gonna be really interesting to see who plays. Or, or excuse me, who finishes top of that sort of battle. And the other thing that's sort of just worth that question mark that's worth sort of sending back out to, to the sky on this one is just that the idea is that Division One and the Premier Division will have promotion and relegation. Um, that, that is what the UPSL says that system is for. It's been unclear to me what the plan is for this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Maplebrook finished bottom of the Premier Division. Uh, that, that's confirmed. So it's not clear to me if there's going to be a, a, a roadmap for whoever finishes top between Bateau and 1826 to have some sort of switch with Maplebrook or not. Uh, we'll have to kind of see what is going on there as, 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 as it plays out. Um, but I just want to throw out there that that is technically part of the UPSO plan when they have Division I um, conferences paired with their Premier Division conferences is to have a ladder up and down. We'll have to see whether or not they're ready to implement that yet. But uh, at the very least, it's going to be really fun to see Bateau and 1826, you know, competing for this title. And uh, they've been doing a great job, both of them, so far. You know, when I, I I hadn't heard that part of it, but when I saw that there was going to be a Premier Division and Division One, it almost just, it makes sense that there would be some yeah. sort of uh, opportunity for somebody who wins at the Division One level to move up and play in the Premier Division and vice versa. If you finish bottom of the Premier, drop down to Division One. So we'll have to see if that's the case. But, um, you know, both these teams, 18, whether it's 1826 or Bateau, I mean, I think I would really like to see how they fare against the, yeah. the Vloras, the City Futures, the the St. Paul Blackhawks of the of right. the world, of, of, the, uh, of the area. So we shall see. Um, UPSL women. We are at the halfway point of the season. Five of ten games played. Tonka Elite remain top of the conference there. Uh, Dom, any final lower league notes before we switch gears? Oh, gosh. Uh, no, I think that's about you know that's about it. A lot of these seasons are kind of hitting their final legs, uh, either about halfway or further. Uh, so if you haven't kind of gone out and checked out a game yet, 
I definitely suggest doing it now. There's a lot of interesting ones to, to catch in these last couple of weeks, uh, men and women. And, and, you know, especially when you have like division one UPSL that adds all the more to that pool playing all over the Metro, of course, playing in, in Duluth and Superior and Austin, Minnesota, Worthington, um, all over the place now, Moorhead, Dakota Fusion. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out a game yet, I mean, definitely look and check what's near you, what you're interested in and, and go check the game out because uh, these teams definitely w- want your support and it's a fun way to, to spend uh, a weekend. All right, now it's time to shout out our friends at Better Edge. We prematurely put up the the banner earlier, but now it is the official time to tell you that if you go to betteredge.com slash loons, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons, and sign up using our link, you will get a $20 basically credit to use the app and use the platform any way you want. Uh, What is Better Edge? Better Edge is a social betting platform. They are not a sports book. They do not profit off of your loss if you lose a, a wager that you make. When you bet on Better Edge, you are betting against other users on the platform. You're betting against your friends you're just or someone else who happens to be betting the same game you are. Um, you are not betting against the house. You are not betting against Better Edge. So that is why Better Edge is free to use in 46 states, including, or excuse me, Minnesota and 46 other states. So 47 states total. But that's what makes it different then your DraftKings, your FanDuel, you know, your whatever's, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the better edge difference. So B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons. You can bet on Major League Soccer matches. You can, uh, once the Premier League season gets rolling again, you can bet on Premier League matches. Um, you can bet on Champions League. You can bet on uh, a lot of different uh, great soccer there. And you can also enter our weekly pick'em contest at Better Edge as well, where you can pick MLS games. And if you win, you get either... Bragging rights if you enter the free version or you get a little money in your account if you enter the paid version. But either way, check it out. BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash loons. 20 bucks in your account when you sign up with that link. Minnesota, no surprise, road underdogs as they sit 10th in the West and RSL sits 7th in the West currently. Um, Over under is two and a half goals. Dom, what are you feeling in this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the... uh the the vague uh over two and a half <laughs> on this one feels yeah. like there's a couple goals in this very well might be goals for minnesota but between these two teams i mean as we talked about they both you know have conceded a fair bit this season both got some scoring threats so i'm gonna go over two and a half yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do the same um i think uh you know if i were to make a prediction now on wednesday evening as we're recording um i would probably say Emmanuel reynoso starts and if he starts with the quality he has shown, I I, I can't imagine he doesn't uh, start a sequence or be heavily involved in a sequence that leads to at least one Minnesota United goal. Um, and we know what RSL can do in the attack as well. So I'm almost leaning 2-2 draw in this mm-hmm. one if I were to make an actual score prediction. Um, but either way, I do think we're going to see quite a few goals. So um, check them out, betteredge.com slash loons. You can bet with Damari. You can bet against Damari. You can... You can bet on Minnesota or RSL to win. Again, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loans. That is uh, 20 bucks in your account when you use that link. Big thanks to our friends at Better Edge for supporting the show and supporting sodasoccer.com. Dom, as usual, hit us with those parting words. Oh, gosh. Parting words. Um, oh. Right. Oh, well, you know what? Here, what I'll say is this. Um, so I... This is like a, a very, very small plug for something else, but it, it's just because it's the it's the platform to mention something. 
Um, I, 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 for this coming up edition or well, no, the, the edition for this week for my, my, my day job at the Sun Post, I did a interview with Leo Kone, um, from the Minnesota United Academy and, and I'm in UFC too, because he, he went to high school, one of my schools and, uh, had a really great chat with him. And, and, you know, if people want to check the article, that's great. But what, what I just want to mention here is that, you know, I had a great chat with him. He seems like a really great kid and had a really great perspective on life. And I think that it's really important. One of the reasons that I wanted to do that story, uh, even before I had the conversation with him and found out more about him, was that I, I think it's really important that people give credit and respect to a lot of these young guys in these sorts of positions um, that are these young athletes that have a great amount of maturity, a great amount of responsibility, a great amount of respect for family and for work ethic. You know, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, negativity towards, you know, young folks, um, you know, in the metro or whatever. And, and I think it's really good to highlight people like him that are, and there's a lot of them, it's not just him, there's a lot of them, that are really hardworking, dedicated young men um, trying to do their best uh, you know, on the pitch, off the pitch. So um, I, I, I was struck by that in my interview with him. It wasn't necessarily something I even planned on. I was mostly just trying to get an interview because, hey, this is a guy from my, one of my schools that happens to be playing high level. I thought, thought that was cool. But learned more about his story, learned more about, um, you know, he's from Liberia. He actually, believe it or not, came to Minnesota when he was 13. Wow. Um, basically got here right around when his high level soccer career started. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's been here about five years and talked to him about five years. And that's, that's a, the kind of time that can feel like a lot and nothing at the same time. And yeah. he's done a lot in five years. Um, and so anyways, yeah, just, just, you know, I mean, you know, de definitely check out more about him, but just in general, I think it's really good to keep in mind as you, um, as, as you see these young guys playing, playing ball at whatever level to think about, you know, what kind of character is behind these guys when you, when you're just judging how they play or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of really great character on and off the pitch from a lot of these young guys from Minnesota right now. I mean, Emmanuel Iway comes to mind as another guy that every interaction I've ever had with him has been extremely positive, really mm -hmm. class individual. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, that I didn't, I didn't have that planned for the end of the podcast, but it comes to mind as something to share. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about since that article, uh, since I wrote that article. So, yeah, uh, just uh, maybe something to, to think more about as a, as a Minnesota soccer fan uh, is just to think about, you know, especially with young players, especially local players, just to think about what kind of character that that person is exhibiting on and off the pitch and what that means about them as a person, as an athlete, uh, and maybe consider that, you know, as you think about them as players, uh, make sure that you're thinking about them as, you know, community members um, and, and family members as well. I think that's a really important part of of learning about people. So uh, that, that jumble is my, <laughs> my final thoughts for, for You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that part of Anchorman when they ask him to play jazz flute on the stage. And he's like, oh, I was totally unprepared <laughs> as he's pulling the pieces of the flute out of, his, out of his suit and putting it together. That's what, that was, this is why I love doing, hey, Dom, give us some parting words because, you know, it's, it's it, partially funny that like, you know, it, it's just always off the cuff and you're always like, you know, like, you're never prepared for it, but then it always ends up being something that's like super insightful and like, you know, uh, really cool. So, um, appreciate that. And, uh, can't think of a better way to end this week's episode of 10 K. 
Again, we'll be right back here on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube and you want to be involved in Post Loons, our post-game show, make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. We will be live after Minnesota United and RSL on Saturday, probably going live around uh, between 10.30 and 11 uh, on Saturday after that one. So make sure you're checking us out there. And just make sure you're checking us out at sodasoccer.com uh, all summer, all fall long for your Minnesota United and Minnesota soccer news. Um, till then, I'm Jeremy Rushing. He's down at Jose Bazonio. We will be back next Friday for another episode of 10,000 Pitches. Have a great weekend, everybody.